Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to part two of this episode. And we really hope that you guys enjoyed part one because we don't know yet. This is pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing this on Wednesday, then that means that you guys really enjoyed it. And, and you guys got the podcast to 250 likes. 250 comments, 200 comments. comments. We're not sure on the goal <laughs> yet, but something like that. But if you guys are seeing this next week, then that means... uh You guys suck. Then you guys suck. No, I'm just kidding. Then that means that part one, maybe you guys I'm didn't not kidding. really connect with it as much. But part two, a lot of good information. And we're going to show you that now. So hope you guys enjoy. I had one more question about like alcohol and weed. Do you feel like um, people smoke weed because of the fact that it's not like a psychedelic, but it'll still get you high, like to where you're just like on cloud nine sometimes? Yeah. Uh, well, some some people like it because it's like a similar effect like beer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, only without as much of a hangover. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people like just having that altered state of mind. But it's... At the end of the day, it, it, I mean, we've seen how destructive it can be if it's something that, just like depression, we're just living each day for, until the next bong hit. Yeah. You know, it's like really hard to make it so that you can pull yourself up and say, you know what, I don't necessarily need that to go and have fun. Mm-hmm. So people will, people can smoke. It's obvious. I, before when it was illegal, it felt like it was more adventurous. And, like, people were much more rebellious for doing it. Now, just everybody's doing it. Yeah, literally. I got yeah. Um, The question that I wanted to ask was, uh, like, how do you, as far as, like, in a relationship, how do you deal with your partner if they have anxiety and depression? Like, what's the best way to go about it? Supporting them as much as humanly possible, recognizing that you have some impact on how their mood is and it's not necessary for you to necessarily change how you're behaving to accommodate somebody but being aware of it being supportive and promoting them getting help now how are you supposed to do that if like what both of you guys said they mask it if not it's just like with uh, if i'm in a session with somebody i can only work with what's in front of me mm-hmm. you know if somebody isn't presenting something as a problem it's Especially it's like, say you're their spouse or something. Mm-hmm. If they're masking it that well to the point where the person who spends every single day with them isn't noticing it, then they are doing a very good job of hiding it. Wouldn't that also kind of fall back on you because you're not noticing it and you should kind of know like your partner very good? Absolutely. Sometimes there are times where people are giving every one of the cues, every one of like the hints that I'm not feeling good. And somebody else is just completely ignoring them yeah. like that, like it doesn't matter. And sometimes people, unless you tell like, hey, I'm suicidal. I'm about to do something really dumb. Yeah. Somebody, the, you can have a spouse that won't even notice it. Yeah. Um, when you were depressed or were, no, were you in a relationship when yeah. you were depressed? Was like, yeah, was it I around was. that time? Uh-huh. So did your boyfriend at the time, did he like notice or like, how did you go about it? I feel like um, a lot of times it was kind of frustrating because it's like I'm acting this way, but it's like and and they're there. So it feels like I'm taking it out on them Mm -hmm. when in reality it's not them. 
and I don't want to be like this, but it's how I'm feeling right now. So then it made me push away even more because it's like, I don't want to make you feel like it's your fault when like I, me, myself, I don't even know how to pin pinpoint what I'm feeling. But I feel like um, like the best advice would be to if you're with somebody that's dealing with this, also like taking it upon yourself to do research on it. You know, if you have a significant other that deals with depression and anxiety, you go and look it up. Hey, what are the signs or how can I, you know, also play your part in mm -hmm. that sense to try to be as educated as you can. And like he said, you can only go so far with somebody that doesn't want, you know, to reach out or like um, present exactly how they're feeling. But at the same time, I think one of the best things to do is just to kind of listen, you know, or just to be there. I feel like a lot of times when I was going through it, I never really wanted an answer because I knew it, but it was more of, it was the way that I was feeling. So just even being there present, you know, and just saying like, do you want advice on this situation or how you're feeling? Or do you want me to just sit and listen to you? You know, just being more, um, just kind of being there. There's only so much that you can do, mm -hmm. you know, especially when somebody's um, in that state of mind, it's like nothing that you can really say or do will like take them out of it completely, which sucks, you know, and which is super hard. But I feel like, you know, being educated, going the extra mile and then just also being there, you know, and knowing that if they're treating you a type of way, I'm not saying to obviously just kind of sit back and take it, but also kind of understanding like, OK, this might be rooted from this. So it's like when you're ready, you know, to come back around, you know, but I feel like just kind of being there and just doing the best you can on your own to kind of figure it out. But with me, I I did not handle that very well. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went my separate ways to grow and figure myself out as a person to where now I can. <laughs> why are you laughing, I'm not laughing. <laughs> like you know once you know i started to learn myself and now i can explain it now i could say hey um i'm really because sometimes i would like want them to do something but i'm not going to tell you to do something you know a lot mm -hmm. of times like i would want it but then i was like okay well what is this person like that can't be my only source of feeling better, you know? So it wasn't until I stepped out and I was like, okay, well, how can I, you know, not feel this way? Or just simply learn a better way to explain how I'm feeling. So it's like, if I'm sad, like, hey, I'm kind of sad right now, but that does take your walls coming down, which back then I would never do that. I would never like, even though like there's somebody that I like, I loved so much, I could not let my walls down and say, hey, I'm sad right now and I need this and that. But now I can't because like I said, it took me being by myself to really, figure it out also pay attention if you're with somebody and you've noticed that they're in a good mood usually and everything but then all of a sudden like over time they've started to get a little more angry everybody looks at uh, depression and they think sadness and all just feeling miserable anger mm -hmm. is one of the symptoms of depression mm -hmm. so if you've noticed the person around like that you you know who's your partner or whatever and they're starting to get a little more angry about stuff that mm -hmm. might be one of the signs of a of depression because yeah. a lot of times if we have no like recourse or we have nothing that we can do to fix the problem in that moment then what one of our natural reactions is to get pissed off about it yeah and then or we like start irritated yeah, yeah and i start taking out on people around me exactly yeah. exactly and like you don't want to but like you do you know what about when like obviously like you ask like hey is everything okay what about if they say no is it like a right time to keep pushing it or should you be like, okay, I'm going to give you your space? If they say, if you ask them if they're okay and they say no. Or no, they say, yeah, I'm fine. I oh, can I'm deal fine. it with myself. Or like somewhere along the line. There's a very thin line between being helpful and being irritating. Uh -huh. <laughs> really? Because yeah, uh, sure. if you're going to like, no, I can see something's wrong. Tell me over and over again. Then the person gonna be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right <laughs> now, the only thing I'm angry at is you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's like, if you notice that somebody's feeling off and you're like, hey, is everything okay? 
Usually the answer that you know something's wrong, we're like, yeah, I'm fine. When you hear that, you know something's up. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to talk, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then gradually just let them know that the support is there when they're ready for it. Because sometimes people are in the middle of being angry and still processing out exactly how it's going to be. And they don't want to unload an unprocessed anger, anxious moment. They want to take some time to think about it. And then if you make it clear to them that you are a safe place to go to when they are ready, then they come to you. And that makes it a lot easier. If you can see something's wrong and you know something's wrong, you ask them what's going on and they say, oh, I'm nothing. I'm fine. I was like, no, seriously, I can see something's wrong. Why don't you tell me what's going on? I'm fine. No, seriously. At that point, you're going to be like, now you're my problem. Mm -hmm. And now instead of being a a supportive person around them, you're being someone who's going Mm -hmm. in with good intentions, but you're actually making it harder for them to feel better. Right. Yeah. So, so just giving people the chance. Like the balls in like their court. Yeah. And I think also the point you made too is really good is it's how you react to like them saying no. Because at the same time, it is very frustrating sometimes. It's because you're trying so hard to talk to your person and it's frustrating. So then you start to take it personal. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, you have an attitude then like, then you know what I mean? It's so easy sometimes to snap back out of frustration. So I think most times it's like, it's like, no, I'm okay. Like, or it's fine. But like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm here when you're ready, like you said, rather yeah. than just being like, all right, well, fine, you don't want to talk about it, then don't, Yeah, you and, know, in that sense. And remembering that you might not be what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. How many times are we, like, we ask them, is everything okay? It's because we're asking them because we don't want them to be mad at us. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and we think it's our and fault, then, yeah. Like, if we are the one who's depressed and somebody asks us, are you doing okay? And we know that they may be like, wor- like chances are they're worried about you being pissed at them. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you're upset to say something like, I'm having a rough day. It has nothing to do with you. And just let, and let that person, like, you know, I'm, I just need to deal with this. And then that person immediately is like, thank you. It's not nothing to do with me. Okay, anytime you right. want to talk, I'm right here. Right, right, right. So That's so true. Yeah. I think that's very true because I'm, I'm that type of person where, like, sometimes I'm just like, it's not you, but, like, I'm, I'm good. Like, just let me go. Yeah. Like, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But if they're like... Oh, why? Just tell me. Like, why don't you want to tell me? And <laughs> See, I'm, like, I'm that type of person. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to tell you. Like, right. I'll do it. Yeah. And then yeah, I just end up getting more frustrated. Yeah. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel like, in your sense, it's like, you like don't want, you know what I mean? Like, you feel like, oh, like it's me. And then him, it's like, dude, it's not you. I just want to like take space. But yeah. like, you love that person. So it's like, well, don't, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the thing. You're coming, if you're trying to help somebody, the person who's asking, how are you doing, isn't doing it because they want to piss somebody off. Right. They're doing it because they care and they're trying to help. So they want to know exactly what's going on so they can take whatever step is necessary to help. Right. Sometimes the other person who's feeling upset doesn't know what they need. Mm-hmm. They just need time. They need to think about it for a little bit. And then after like however long it takes, they can come back to the friend or whoever it is that's there with them and say, you know what? This is what I need. And you're giving them the permission to think and actually process this stuff instead of demanding. Here's the tell me what's wrong so I can solve the problem. Because at that point, who is that the person asking the question doing that for? Is it for the person that they're asking how you doing or is it for them to feel like they actually did something? Because if we're paying attention to their needs, we're going to be able to recognize that maybe I'm asking this question too much and I just need to give them space. Mm-hmm. That's, so That's so true. Deep. How do you do it? What? Like, how do you deal with any of that? I'm kind of interested in your response because I know how Logan is. He just, he's a persistent. <laughs> like, he will, he's the one where I'm like, I'm, I'm fine, Logan. Like, it's cool. 
and that's it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's a not. sign of love. No, it's it is. It is. And uh, and it's like it's hard to be like, dude, like trust, like it's fine because you know, you know, like they just want to help or do whatever, yeah. but you're yeah. just kind of like, oh it, my god. It's because I know that something that like I know that like talking about things is always always helpful, and I feel like you know just like talk to me about it. It's not necessarily I always yeah. feel like it's they're mad at me or they're upset with me it's more of like i'm here for you and like talk to me yeah it's kind of more that's how i feel like when i'm on that side but when i'm getting asked what's wrong are you okay you good something wrong tell me tell me tell me i'm just like nah just just give me some time yeah yeah i feel like i'm pretty similar to danny actually in like those regards yeah Mm because sometimes i'll just lay down and like think about the situation or whatever it is and just be like all right I'll talk to myself about it, think about it, and then I'll say what's wrong. Yeah. yeah it's okay so to allow yourself and ask for people to give you time to think about shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to analyze a lot. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And, you know, as long as you're not spiraling and spending like days dwelling on the thing and not responding yeah, to people around you, then, you know, that's where other people around you start getting concerned. Right. You know, and then rightfully so. That means that they care. Mm-hmm. But also, in those moments, we want to be as helpful as possible. But sometimes the helpful thing is just giving space. Mm-hmm. Is there like a a difference or is there like some type of correlation between stress and anxiety? Like, how do you know the difference? Stress uh, is like whatever's pressuring you in that moment and people can succumb to stress. Both of them are basically the same, kind of, sort of. But stress is stuff that just happens in the moment and we can find ways to work through it. Anxiety Mm -hmm. is like systemic. It's something that's built within you. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's like... Stress can cause anxiety, but yeah. people who aren't already anxious or can manage stress really well aren't going to get anxiety. Right. Yeah. So true. Um, do you have anything? Mm-mm. Pretty much answered everything. <clears throat> like, is there such thing as, like, financial anxiety in a relationship? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you only knew how many divorces are caused by financial stress. Yeah, holy Moses. I heard that's, like, the number one cause for divorce is yeah. Um, yeah. financial oh, yeah. problems. Yeah. So that's true? Oh, absolutely. And uh, a lot of times you have people who are in relationships with somebody else and they're not talking about it. And then like all hell breaks loose and both of them end up in some kind of financial problem. And when you're in a couple, the problem is when somebody's being financially dishonest. If both people are on the same page, they're not going to argue about stuff. But if one person is in there saying, you know, oh yeah, we got plenty of money or whatever, but it turns out that they're borrowing all the money from someone else. Or we got, you know, we're doing financially fine, but the guy just took out a second mortgage on the house and isn't con telling all of those details to whoever they're with that's where stress comes in where it's like you weren't being honest with me about our money you know what about um sharing like like bank accounts is that do you think um that's better or is that like worse it depends on the couple some people thrive on that and it makes it so that they are on the same page because they can both see the numbers Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of anxiety gets caused by lack of clarity a lot of times when we don't know what's going on, that'll trigger anxiety until we know what's up. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. Everything's fine. If you have a shared bank account, you have clarity. It's right there and you can see exactly what's going on. The problem is that some people can't manage the shared bank account. In what and, way? Uh, one person financially taking more money or uh, just not communicating why the money is being spent the way it mm. is. 
Yeah. And that's where really financial issues can cause stress, whether you're in a relationship or not. Yeah. I, I mean, you could be single and be stressed because money is not coming in. Everybody was like, every OnlyFans page that was opened up during the pandemic was was done specifically because of that financial stress. Yeah. So do you believe the the saying is a uh, real money is the root of evil? It it causes people to do bad things. The root of evil yeah. isn't money because if money didn't exist, people would still have something to be evil about. Right. I think it's like the desire of money that like makes people do different things. Well, and also it's the putting other people's lives behind or below your need for money. Uh -huh. So it, you almost disconnect with humanity at that moment and wow. you just become somebody driven by only money. Yeah. Some people that works for other people, not, I, I don't want to judge one way or the other. Some people yeah. have their, uh, people have their motivations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Sam, would you say that like money is like really important in a relationship? In a relationship? Mm -hmm. Like in, like in what way? Like, I'll just go, like, how I think. I feel like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like if you don't, if you're not financially stable, I think it's just going to fail, like, completely. Yeah. But, like, sometimes I'll ask people, like, like, what's your perspective on money? Like, how do you look at it? And they're like, you know, as long as I'm happy with my significant other, yeah. then everything's okay. Yeah. I feel like it's and definitely, it could be a generalized thing. I mean, me personally, I don't, I don't find, um, I don't, I don't find my identity in the amount of money I make um me personally i believe that like like uh like success isn't money and i feel like me personally i uh just spending that quality time and i know as a man you want to provide and you know there's so much expectation on that but i think that most times um with like culture and everything i feel like men want to supply like the house and do all these things but sometimes like as a woman like you just want them you know, you don't really want more than than that. Like, I mean, money's great. I mean, everyone loves it. But I feel like most times, like, you can be so caught up in trying to provide the things that they're not necessarily looking for in that sense. I feel like I would rather have, like, a connection and, like, dates. Like, they don't have to be expensive, you know, like, quality time. And I feel like sometimes um, that can be so easily missed out on because, of where your motives, you know, are in a sense of, well, I'm working to get us a house, but she's like, well, I just want to spend time with you, you know? So it's like, is it for the other person that you're with? Or is it mostly to say that like, I'm a provider and I'm the man of the house? Cause there's different ways to provide in a relationship that is not necessarily around money, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So let's say a man with money comes to you, right? Mm-hmm. And he buys you all these gifts in the first couple years that you guys are together and yeah. you go broke. Do you feel like when you get used to that lifestyle, it needs to keep coming back, though? Um, like I said, I, I mean, for, for me personally, um, I feel like if I'm like if I'm with that person, they'll kind of find out kind of quick that I'm not very materialistic. I feel like things are nice to have, but I don't think that they're necessary in that sense. Um, and I feel like the only way that I would kind of feel different about it was as if the money came before me or like relationship. Like mm -hmm. if your desire to get money is taking away from me and like our quality time together, I feel like that's when I would be kind of like, Ooh. but I wouldn't, I don't really set an expectation of like, you need to provide all these things for me because I provide in that sense for myself. Um, I feel like 
yeah, I don't know. That's just me though. Like, I feel like I, I, like if I lack something, it's just in me to want to get it myself, not to ask somebody to. Um, I know that a lot of times, like it just, it's very different, different people, you know, we expect different things. Our, our, um, we want our needs to be met in different ways. But um, me personally, yeah, I, I feel like it's really, you know. Um, yeah and uh, i've seen plenty of broke people in great relationships really? <laughs> so it's financial stability and successful relationships having money and not having to worry about finances makes a big difference but if you have two people that are compatible they're not going to give a shit about where them they just want to be able to be together and survive and be okay yeah. Yeah. and just have a, enough to survive and they they don't mind going paycheck to paycheck and everything yeah. like that because they're happy with each other but that's also like for every one of those, I'll see like five, six people who like financially, that's an issue where how are we going to be able to pay for the kids school clothes, all of this extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're just not able to make money and uh, or one person is a little more irresponsible with the money. I work with guys that are like, I got to get the next big thing. And they're, the wife is like, you need to buy the diapers. And mm -hmm. that's like, Every, if people are on the same same page financially, it doesn't matter if they're rich or broke, they're going to be okay. Yeah. If people are not like communicating exactly what's going on financially, then that's just going to leave room for uh, financial dishonesty with each other and make it so that people, well, if you're going to be dishonest with me about our finances, what else are you dishonest about? Oh. And it just opens the door for more problems. But yeah. it, if, regardless if you have a joint account or separate accounts, communicating about it is huge totally. it's necessary just so that you can you know hey i want to be able to go and take a trip with us to japan later on or whatever okay well do we have the money to make it and yeah. if what's you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're sacrificing the future of another person that's bonded to you you know mm -hmm. like we are married we have the legal bound, bound we are legally bound together and we may have a kid and now I'm making decisions that are affecting their lives and I'm not taking into account their happiness when I'm making those decisions that's financial dishonesty. Mm -hmm. So going off of that, do you feel like when you first meet somebody, you should you shouldn't come off as like, oh, I got every first date or I got to pay for everything? It's a matter of just how each one of them are. If you have a ton of money and you don't care, then that's fine. You know, go ahead and spend whatever you want, buy whatever lunch or dinner that you want. Some of the best ones, best uh, relate dating situations that i've had were ones where like okay i got i got dinner this time but next time you got it and they're like yeah totally we're on the same page like I that's what i mean being on the same page. yeah it's that. cool i, I feel like that. that's pretty cool to like uh bring up joke about and some shit but there's like some there's some type of truth like, yeah. like check comes out like you got this one right yeah <laughs> like no, and, just uh, so, uh, so well, and no you like you'll have the discussion no i got this one i got this one okay i got this one but next one you got that's how you get a second date yeah yeah yeah. So, so you said that like money doesn't really matter to you with like a relationship, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean, okay? <laughs> no, I okay. Sorry. No. But like, okay, keep talking. <laughs> so, are you fine with the guy not paying on the first date? Um. Well, I feel. Got <laughs> 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 All right, hold on. So, obviously, I would like that, right? Mm -hmm. But if that's not the situation, I will. If it's like, oh, you're paying for it, but you act, like if he asks me out and then expects me to pay for it, like that's that's a different story. Yeah. Um, what because, about like a split check? Okay, but okay, okay, a <laughs> wow. split, a split. Okay, if <laughs> you're asking me like, hey, 
if he says like, hey, I want to take you out on a date, I would assume naturally, oh, he wants to take me out. Or if he says, hey, or like, I don't know. I think it's just also the vibe too, you know? Like, yeah. but I feel like most times if he told me like, hey, can we like, can we go halves on this? Sure. But in my that head, that wouldn't change your thinking. No, it would, but it it would it would change like the way that I'm viewing the circumstance of it. But like as a person, I don't know what they're going through financially. Like, what if they just wanted to like go out with me and like hang out? I'm not gonna judge them. You know what I mean? It's just me personally. Okay, me personally. Mm -hmm. I just I feel like I'm not gonna sit here and judge your character because I don't know what's in your account. And I think that at the same time, you can I can very easily read somebody's. You know, you can see intention yeah, can wise. See it. So it's like if it's like a hey, like, you know, obviously I would love for that person because you asked me out, but I'm not sitting here like, oh, you're broke as shit for making me pay half. It's what, just like tell them your story. I don't know. What was my story? With the drive through in McDonald's. Oh my god. And you said it altered the way you, you kinda looked at it. It was just it changed the vibe a little bit. Yeah, it was just some girl that like I was hanging out with and we had went to um we had went to McDonald's and we went through the drive thru. We were just hanging out. And she's like, you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. She's like, all right, let's go to McDonald's. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go to McDonald's. She goes, what do you want? Oh, I tell her, McChicken and Big Mac, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you got like, both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, I didn't know you these details. Okay, and then, no, 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 no. She got a Big Mac. I got a McChicken. My bad, my okay, bad. Okay, okay. That was a dollar back then. Yeah, it was like, it was a dollar. <laughs> it was a dollar back then. It yeah, wasn't man. no two for three fifty. Yeah. So we go. It totally ends up coming out to be like six, seven bucks. And I was like, okay, cool. And I offered to pay. She said, no, 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 it's fine. I got it. She gets it. We get in the car. We park to eat. She goes, hey, my Venmo is blah, 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 blah. You could send me the money for the McChicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, bro, like, I'll go outside and I'll get this change for you for your fucking McChicken. Like, what? Yeah. It, and and just from that it was just kind of like because you offered to pay so it was right i feel like, like she should have just let you pay yeah she just exactly reversed it, and then, like she paid but then technically no. she asked you to pay yeah. Yeah. now you gotta open the app like, like did she just want the, like the rewards like the two percent cash back or some for shit like, like for like a buck fifty exactly <laughs> but, like i could understand if it was like bj's or something but for like a fucking a dollar ten see i Maybe. feel like the way that that situation unfolded would would ick me out it the situation you yeah. know and like how like even tying it back to the question like of what you guys were saying like people have different standards and what they're looking for in relationships so not to say one's bad but i feel like that situation <laughs> how it happened is an ick yeah, because she could have just said yeah you yeah. got it you know or if she asked you like hey, are you hungry me personally i feel like i would always wait for the guy to bring it up like oh do you want to go get food because like if I because you don't want to pay if i didn't have money to pay for it then i'm not going to ask you if you want to get food you know okay so then uh, how do you feel about using a guy to um for food <laughs> what like like you, you guys haven't you guys haven't heard of that where like girls like they'll you they'll literally just go on dates with guys just to get a free oh, meal yeah i have friends like that okay well, but how, how do you feel about that talk your shit on them go on oh no 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 i don't no <laughs> mia <laughs> no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um um no <laughs> i'm just kidding um she gonna beat my ass later <laughs> um no I, I don't i don't know i mean me personally i i can't like i think i'm just so like like i can't if i'm gonna eat like i don't need like somebody to take me to get food i'm mm -hmm. gonna go get food you know like it just doesn't i mean if i don't <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just because I personally, I, I, no. It sounds like it's not so much the food, it's the time spent with the person. Yes. Because mm. it's like, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying about it being weird. It's like, I could have paid for that, no problem and everything, but the thing that made it awkward was you saying, okay, can you Venmo me a buck ten? <laughs> I mean, like that yeah. that's the situation that's where it's awkward. like, you know, that's a red flag right there. Yeah. That one right by itself is enough because uh, it, it's... With relationships, you have to go by feel. And if you notice some of those little tiny things that are just off, then you, chances are it's a good idea to listen to it. Yeah, so like, let's say she has a fucking Honda Accord, but she wants a Mercedes, but they can't afford that. Mm. How often does that lead to a divorce? It depends. Uh, really, the, sometimes it does. Uh, if, if the partner who wants a Mercedes finds somebody willing to give the Mercedes, and if that need for the Mercedes outweighs the relationship that she currently has, she's going to bounce. How often, how often does like um, finances lead to somebody cheating? A lot. Fuck. See, that's why <laughs> I got no bread. <laughs> that's why I'm like so not. Well, and that's the thing. You don't need money to have to have a loyal partner. <laughs> I've seen plenty of broke people with good relationships. Yeah. It, See, yeah. I would just rather not deal with any of that shit. Yeah. I'd rather get as much money as I can. That's, uh, that's but then stuck that's in like, my head. But then that's like, like, the, like, that's like saying that a girl only wants you because you have money. Sometimes. For, no, I'm not, sorry, not that. I'm not. This is how I think. I think I want it for myself because I want to have like a lot of um, like financial freedom. I just want a lot of free time so I can go do the stuff like I really want to do. Right. And then I've also seen how money could fuck a lot of things up. Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, the lack of it, you start fighting way more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I feel like you knowing that is so good because now you're aware of where other people go wrong. Because it's like you can I can put you in the same situation as somebody else and it doesn't mean it's going to have the same outcome, you know. So I think it just. I took the situation as like you need to get more money. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, uh, we can't understate <laughs> the value, the importance of fi of financial stability. Some people, in order to like want to have a family with someone else, they want to know that financially the bases are going to be covered, so they're not going to have to stress out about that kind of right. thing. So they're you know it's okay to an extent, but you just don't want to be all about money and disconnect any part of you that's human. Right. So how do you give that balance then? It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. You can't. I mean, you can, people can do it. It just, they have to be willing to know when to take a break. Some people are so, con, like, so focused on making money that they forget that they need to water the plants, mm -hmm. you know? And, and not just like literally the plants. I mean, like literally take 10 to the needs of the people around them, right. you know? So they're so focused on their goal of making a boatload of money that they forget birthdays they forget you know taking care of just the little things that make it so like the little things you need to do to be successful in a relationship that stuff gets blown away because they're so focused on i need to make this money mm -hmm. is that unattractive to you like a guy that's kind of like too focused on making money um i feel like it really i don't know in a sense of i'm not judging that person but i don't think it's a great fit for me and what i'm looking for in that sense i don't i don't like, I'm, you know, if he wants to be successful and he has goals and he has dreams set, go for it. If you can make time for me, that's great. But I'm not going to sit here and demand that from you when you can't give it to me. Instead, it's like we're just not I'm, you're not what I'm looking for in this mm -hmm. moment. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just not for me. You know. Damn. Hmm. You have any more on that or like what uh, do you think? not he. What do I think about what? 
Just like the whole situation. I just feel like it's a lot easier for girls to not care about money than for guys. Because, you know, I feel like it's kind of like in like a guy's like, I don't I don't know, fucking history or whatever bullshit. Manhood. Manhood. Yeah, to want to like what you said to like provide. take care, provide for the family, for the girl. And then also to it's also um, kind of like a competitive nature within us mm-hmm. to like you see these fucking guys and you're like fuck i want to get my money up there over here driving lambos and shit like i need to get my shit up too and then also too as long as like girls like you always see like the the bad bitches and they're with like these fucking rich ass dudes you're like fuck man that could be me if i had a million (laughs) dollars and so i i feel like for that like it just puts so much more pressure on you and then also too like like you say that you know matter uh, money doesn't really matter a whole lot to you Mm -hmm. as far as like finding a guy or whatever yeah but i mean i'm like willing to bet that the majority of girls think different well probably like my main thing is i'm not like saying you know don't don't have these plans for yourself and you know don't work all the time like if that's what you want to do do it but like we were saying like the balance part of it you know like in my in my um like if we're if it's in conversation and it's like these are my dreams like this is my goal like this one this is what i want to do okay i'm doing it with you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like keep me in the plan too though because a lot of times we kind of like that i i i agree with you also saying that there is that pressure because it's like the man of the house you want to like supply and i'm not saying that to only focus your whole attention on your girl and then screw everything else. It's like, no, do that. But like, just keep me in the, keep me in the, in the, the, yeah. Like most, like, I think majority of the people, like of the girls, like we just want to be by your side while you're doing that. Like, don't just block me out because you're so money hungry that now I'm just out the equation. It's like when you're together, like, let's do it together. Like you want to make bread. Okay. Well, so do I, I'm not saying that I'm so fine with just sitting in the same position and not really, not really caring, you know what I mean? Bills pay themselves, however. But what I am saying is that keep me in the loop. You know what I mean? Like, don't just block me out because you're so distracted, you know? So it's like the balance part of it, mm-hmm. I'd say. And nowadays, more and more couples n- need to have both people working to yeah. survive. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, the idea of just the man being a provider is becoming obsolete Mm -hmm. in order to like we live in california in order to live in california chances are if you're working living with somebody and married you need both of you working full time Mm -hmm. to make that money to be able to keep that house and to be able to have a family and all of that stuff so times are changing and uh a lot more people are uh you're starting to see more women that are much more career oriented and it's not a matter of like oh we need to you know i need to be able to provide for someone else somebody else is already providing for themselves and it's a matter of now we have two people making money we can find ways to make our happiness happen and in those cases having a joint account might be problematic because one person's making maybe more money than the other and the other person's like starting to get a little bit worried and jealous about that and then mm-hmm. at, at that point it's it's okay to have individual bank accounts because you're making that money individually mm-hmm. yeah. you're a lot and it makes it so that everybody it's not like, oh, this is my money and I earned it. It's like, no, we can all pitch in and do all the fun stuff, but we're just keeping the money that we have separate so that we can ultimately throw it at whatever we want. Yeah. Is it? Oh, oh no, go for it. I was going to say, is it more common for like uh, marriages to fail because the guy was too focused on his job and making money? Or is it more common that the marriage failed because of money issues as far as 
uh, they fought over paying bills and stuff because they weren't making enough money. I'd say the second one where the money just wasn't happening versus like picture if money's coming in and the dad's or the guy or whoever's the money maker, the breadwinner at that moment is just focused on work. If the other partner is okay with that, then there's no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, we got bills paid for. Yeah. I'd like to spend more time, but maybe their love language isn't quality time. Maybe they, they want to be able to go and buy stuff. That's how they receive love or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're in a great relationship. Yeah. But it's usually the ones where they are not on the same financial page. They're having like, they're struggling financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one person tends to want to blame the other person for it, uh, where that's just not balanced. All right. All right, Sam, I got a question for you then. Cool. If, <clears throat> let's just say like your relationship is great with this guy, you know, he's, he's making his money and let's just say he's making a lot of it. You, don't, you guys do not have to worry about bills and everything is just great. You guys get married, and he asked you to sign a prenup. What does, does that mean? Prenuptial agreement. That's basically like if you guys get a divorce, you can't take anything that he had. He he dips off with everything. Whatever you come in into the relationship with, if you make your own money, you better keep the receipts. <laughs> like that at that point, it's like whatever money you came into the relationship with, that's what you have. And any money that's built together usually will get split. Or yeah, because you know how usually like if somebody's like rich as fuck. And then they get married and then they get divorced. The wife will take like half of it. Oh. It happens a to a lot of celebrities. Yeah, yeah oh. a prenup basically uh, makes sure that that doesn't happen. So let's say the guy was rich as fuck, marries a broke girl. They break up. Then he still stays broke. rich. She still stays broke. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, did we talk about this before we got married? Or is it after we got married? No, it's uh, before. It's prenuptial. It's before they get married. They oh, okay. make that agreement. Yeah, right before. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the only thing where I would be kind of on the page of it like not being okay i think is if there's kids if there's going to be kids in the future involved um because i feel like that's that's now me having to look out for somebody other than myself so i feel like if it was just me and we didn't have kids in the picture i mean that i you know i've I've came into it doing my thing i could leave doing my thing as well um Look, you always had this look on your the face. Fuck? I'm not even doing <laughs> anything, dude. But yeah, if there's kids involved, I feel like me, like as a mother, like, and plus, like, those are your kids too. So it's like, yeah. I would think that you wouldn't just, like, if, if it's on weird, like, if it's bad terms between us, whatever, you know, if we, if we divorce, but those are your kids still. So it's like, you should want to not do that because to provide for your kids as well, in that sense. I know there's other ways to go around it, but yeah, I feel like it would, it would more be a problem if we had kids because I would probably need it. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the big issue that tends to come up with a lot of the prenups is the lack of trust. Yeah. What? You don't think we're going to work? Right. Yeah. So does yeah, that like, fuck it up? So it's like literally sitting there saying, you know, break glass in case of fire. You know, right. like it's if, like preparing for it. Yeah. If it ha- you know, like it's like or it's like sitting there saying in case we have a divorce. And it's like, what? You think we don't we're not going to last? You know, like it, yeah. it, 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 it sprinkles in that little layer of doubt. For yeah. a lot of relationships that's why there's so many people who are against it but also like there's a lot of people who are just looking for the money and like okay i'm gonna marry you and well, we're okay and then i'm out uh, like or that or say it's uh somebody who's an older person that has all the money and they marry someone younger uh and then the person passes away they're like i i'm that's here so i got true. the money this is good that's so, so true it, yeah that's why some people are okay usually the ones that are okay with prenups are the ones where both of them have a boatload of money going in like i could i would love to see the prenup between kanye and kim 
Ain't no prenup there. I know. Or yeah, because both of them have a boatload of money. That it's a matter of like, you know, they can keep their assets separate, and none of them are going to struggle. Yeah. The ones where the like the person who ends up getting half of the money usually doesn't have any other job or any other money making capability. So like their whole existence was being supportive to the person who was making the money. And at that point, it's like, okay, you deserve to have something. But uh, and if there's no prenup, then they can get half. Like mm-hmm. uh, the old uh, host of the Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, was like legendary for that. His wife got like seventy million dollars out of him. Oh gosh, damn! And that was back in the eighties, where like a million was like everything. A million was like ten million. Yeah. So if you ask for a prenup and they get angry about it, is that kind of like a red flag as to maybe their true intentions? Some people get mad about just the prenup at all. Yeah, I feel like being asked about the prenup, I would be like. You're a red flag. Yeah, it is <laughs> like, a little you, bit. Why are you why are you preparing to leave me if it's forever? And so that's then, the thing. Is that... If you ha- if both people have money, then both of them are going to be like, yeah, no, this is just a formality. We got to do this like, you know, just because, just in case. But I've seen, you know, relationships where they were okay, but then one person says, you know, hey, do you mind if we signed a prenup? And they was like, what, you don't trust me? And you then don't it think we're going to work? Just fucks up the whole relationship? Well, yeah, it sprinkles that layer of doubt. Like, you don't have full 100% faith that it's going ha- to work. work. And does that layer of doubt stay throughout the whole entire relationship? It can. Depends. It depends. If somebody is very reassuring and that they are very compatible, then you don't have to worry about that stuff. They're a good married married couple. But if... Like, say there's, like, one small, minute problem that comes up, then immediately both parties are going to be like, I need to protect my my assets. Yeah. I got to make sure that my money's safe because I don't know if this is going to be a problem that leads to something bigger. Yeah. Damn. And plus, because things, I feel like things also can develop during a marriage as well. Like, certain things could possibly come across that weren't there in the first place. Like, I don't know, maybe just, I could see why it's a thing. Yeah, just because as, you know, things as things progress and stuff, I feel like there might be certain situations where, you know, people become like abusive or something or like, you know, other bigger problems that can really like break people up, you know? Yeah. So it's like a safety net. Yeah. Shit. I hope I'm not wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure Logic, the rapper, he did that to his wife. Halsey? Oh, was it? <laughs> no. It was, Who did Halsey? No. It wasn't Halsey. I'm was not sure. Was or some shit? No, no, he did make a box. I don't know, but it was his ex-wife and... Uh, I think they were together for a really long time. I, I want to say like high school sweethearts and everything. They got married, I think, for maybe a year or two. Um, I'm, no, nah, they were married for a while. They had for kids and everything, yeah. And uh, they ended up getting a divorce, and they had signed a prenup, and she had to move back with her mom and that food. I and mean, the, he's logic, so he's fine. No. The reason why they got a divorce was because he wanted to be with younger bitches. That's so sad. Yeah, which, like, that's what makes me feel like, fuck, that so sucks. Sad. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, damn. Yeah. That's reality. And yeah, if they, that's but that's tough. the thing. If they have kids, then he's probably taking steps to financially protect the kids. Yeah. But he's not footing the bill for the wife for anymore. Her. The ex. Yeah. Sucks. And they didn't have kids. I'm pretty oh, jeez. Sure, right? If they didn't have kids, then I don't, that sucks. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they had kids. Yeah. I just think it's crazy to like not care about like that other person anymore. You know? Like, yeah, I kind of. Yeah. Like, All right, well, fuck yeah. Off. Especially yeah. if it's like a good breakup. Yeah. And it's not it like a if they cheat on you. What about what about you? Would you let's say you had fucking twenty million dollars in the bank account, and your wife is she works fucking teacher at a high school or some shit? <laughs> Take it back. Are you, are you gonna? Back. I mean, no. I'm, oh no. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. <laughs> I'm saying like you know you have you have this much money and then the other person works like they're not making twenty million dollars a year. I think if I had a bunch of assets, 
and stuff where like I put my time into and my other money to to invest in myself and bring money home to like my kids and my family I would maybe sign it but then again I'm not I feel like I'm looking for someone that's independent on their own already mm-hmm. where they come in and we kind of work together mm-hmm. so I'm not really like looking towards that like mm-hmm. I, I I personally like a girl that can go and get it on her own mm-hmm. and kind of just do shit without me being there or get shit done and we could do it together so you're making 20 million she's making a hundred thousand so obviously you're making a lot more but she's still making enough to provide for herself are you still gonna ask her for that prenup or you're gonna be like nah we're chilling honestly i think it just depends on the situation the moment of time like i don't know okay i don't think i would you wouldn't ask if she's not like fucking like if she's doing her own shit and she's not really like bugging me while i'm doing my thing then oh yeah you just got fucked i think i would ask for a prenup (laughs) dude it's that i feel like what you you were saying like i feel like that does stick in the back of the head like if i got with the girl and she was really wealthy too oh yeah and she's like hey i want you to sign this i'm like damn yeah oh yeah (laughs) like we might be done so in a couple years or something well because if that's where that person's mind's going i could see how it'll throw it off you don't think it's just kind of more of like a safety net like you know just to be safe it is but it's also i mean it's hedging your financial bets so that you don't have to lose half of your money to somebody else at the end of the day but it's also it causes problems Mm -hmm. uh, like you could see like if if people have no money and then they go into a relationship and then they build that money together, then they deserve to split yeah, that money. Evenly. Of course. But if it's some person like I have a ton of money and you're not working at all and we're making it work until it doesn't work anymore. And then we divorce. There should be some financial consideration be made for the other person, but a prenuptial agreement will make it so that everything is cut down the middle. Like you just, or like it's every, every or not cut down the middle, but everything is well-defined legally. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah, and it makes it a little bit easier for whoever has the money. Yeah, but it's you could see the problems that come with it. And yeah, it, of course, it Either makes way. it so that even marriages, like it becomes transactional. It becomes mm-hmm. a business deal, mm-hmm. and this is a, oh, uh, <laughs> and that's the problem. Yeah, that's so true. You know, like if you have if you look at relationships with people that in a transactional sense, from a, like you know, well, what did you do to do for me so that I can do this for you? You're always going to be saying you're, you're going to become that kind of person that's going to be like, well, I did this for you last week. What are you going to do for me? Yeah. And that's just no, that's just like <laughs> <laughs> that's just tacky as fuck. <laughs> so. In relationships, if you're going good, solid relationships, don't view it transactionally because good, solid relationships are very rarely 50 50. They're always unbalanced. Sometimes it's 20 80. Sometimes it's 80 20 the other way. So it, and the good couples understand that and see how things are going and know when to help more, add more emotional support or whatever support is necessary. And knowing that if times get tough for them, the other person's going to give them that same support back. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at it from a transactional perspective, then it's going to, like, a relationship isn't going to necessarily thrive if it's being done, well, I did this for you. What are you doing for me? Yeah. So, wait, you said that the good relationships aren't the ones that are 50-50? Good relationships? There are very rare times in any relationship where things are 50-50. 
Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes I'm having a shit day and I need someone emotionally just to give me that extra boost. Sometimes they're having a shit day and I'm going to be like, all right, let's go do something fun. I'm going to pick them up. That, it's very rarely both everybody on the same level. Sometimes somebody within the relationship needs that extra support and it's constantly going back and forth. It shifts. But in the long run, doesn't it, doesn't it make that 50-50? And that's it what makes it work. Yeah, yeah ultimately it balances, it balances out. out. But okay. there's very rarely a time in a relationship where we can say it's 50-50. Mm. It's always going to I be unbalanced, right. but it's a constant shifting of that balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what a good relationship is, knowing how to account for somebody when they're not feeling their best, whenever they're feeling weak, or if they're, something's wrong and you know, they need that extra support. Those good relationships, that person's right there. Mm -hmm. you know? And not making it a problem that they're struggling. Yeah. You know, people struggle. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, I noticed uh, from the last time I was here, uh, some of the comments on the videos, uh, everybody, there was an answer I gave to a question where everybody, I was like saying, uh, it was a question where can cheaters have a better relationship after the cheating? And everybody on the comments was like, oh, if they cheat, I'm going to be out. I'm leaving and everything like that. How many couples do you know that went through cheating and they're still together? How a many lot. people go into a relationship uh, thinking to themselves, you know what? I can't wait for this guy to cheat on me so that I can take them back. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody goes in. If they're single and standing on the outside looking in, everybody is sitting there saying, oh, if they cheat on me, I'm done. Yeah. If that was the case, if everybody stuck to that, then there wouldn't be people staying with cheaters. But there is a lot of people that stuck with cheaters because once, uh, like Mike Tyson said, Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Nice. <laughs> and everybody has the game plan. If they cheat on me, I'm out. But then they get punched in the face with it, and then they realize, I have actual emotions here. I have actual feelings, and I don't want to let that person go. Yeah. For real. So they're like, everybody goes into the relationship thinking to myself, oh, they're going to cheat, I'm out. But then the relationship actually hits, and that gets more complicated. No, that's so true. true. That's I was true. like that too. Like I, I swore. I was like, oh, I, I carry myself with, you know, like I would never be let myself be disrespected. That happened to me, and I was so in denial. Like I just wanted to act like you never just did that to me. Yeah. Like and since it's just you're comfortable, so it's like, damn, like you really did me like that. That just means that whoever else, since it's so tunnel vision at that time, like does everybody just do this then? You know? Yeah. So that's so much harder, dude. Did that stick with you? Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So would you consider like if um a couple you know one of them gets caught cheating is that relationship done at that point i feel like there's just like i mean i didn't go back i mean i i there was a moment where i was just like i was in denial and i was kind of like in shock at that point because it's like how does that like what and i think that it's not only just that it just did a lot of like it's like a it's like it just caused a lot more hurt in different areas of my life because it's like trust wasn't just now with that one person now i'm just looking at how i trust everybody because if that one person had full access to me could just do that to me without, you know, and then it's like, how am I ever going to trust somebody that I that is like a friend or like, you know, even even having relationships in general is screwed up. Like after that, I treated everybody not that I wanted to. It's just kind of like I became that exact monster that I accused him of doing because I was just so hurt. And therefore, it's like you just like, you know, I started to take it out on other people. And it wasn't until like I started to realize that's where I became accountable. And it was like, you can't do that, you know, like because it happened to you. Like, it's not OK to go and like do that to other people, which was why I like stepped back completely for a minute and just took that. And 
I had to, you know, deal with it like face to face. But like after that, it's like, how do you look at somebody and like trust that they're not going to do that again? You that's know, fucking hard. Yeah, it's hard. hard. And it and like no matter what, like, OK, you're past the fact that it happened. But when other situations happen and then they bring it up or say like, oh, well, I just don't trust you anymore. Then it's, well, why can't you just get over it? You already mm -hmm. said you're over it. Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's like now you no longer have a place to be mad because we already talked about it and you already said you're over it. Like, no, you know, so I just think that. You can make it work, but it's miserable in the end of the day because at night you're just laying there like, damn, I have no clue if I'm getting cheated on again. You know, like, it's just, it sticks, dude. Fuck damn. that, man. <laughs> For real. Yeah. No, I work with clients that are exactly in that and they're like, took them years to get to the point where they were actually sexually comfortable with their partner again. And then because the, they had gone so many years without having any sexual consistency, the partner who did the cheating now doesn't trust that the sexual consistency that's building is is real. Right. So because like she doesn't trust me anyways. To yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. And so it just it makes it so that more problems can come up. And I've seen relationships work after cheating and some of them find ways to improve. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it just creates that sense of doubt in the person that you're supposed to have that kind of like everything. honest, trusting relationship with. And that's why I'm. I'll always tell people open relationships, especially ones like BDSM relationships are the ones that have the best communication skills. They're the ones that stay together. And though like the reason why is because the survival of their relationship depends on them being able to communicate yeah. everything. So it, it makes a huge difference. Cheating is only cheating when people are lying about it. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> No, I'm laughing at that because it's like, oh, like I didn't cheat on you. I'm telling you, I fucked the girl. Well, yeah, no, at <laughs> it's that not point, cheating. At that point, it's not. It, if it's within the boundaries of the relationship, then yeah. it's not cheating. If like this is how our relationship is defined, everybody can do whatever as long as we're communicating, then that's not cheating. But if it's something that falls with outside of the boundaries and you're it's making sad. up lies to, to cover it up, then that's destructive. That's not. That's not respecting the other person. Yeah, because yeah. you have to. If you're in a relationship, you have to be uh, like willing to give bad news and know that their reaction isn't going to be one where they trash the relationship. Yeah. That's why a lot of people will hold on to like bad information and they won't, they won't tell their partner something that's really important, but really bad because they're so afraid that that person's reaction is going to be one where they just leave. Mm, and that's, so true. that's where people, it's like, if you guys just communicate from the beginning and make sure you're on the same page and consistently not be afraid to update the boundaries because yeah. relationships change and you can find if as long as you guys are communicating and on the same page, then you have the best chance of being successful. Mm -hmm. I feel like also if you're going to do something that's dishonest, like at least like prepare yourself to like own up to it. You know, oh, like yeah. I feel like like if you're in that moment going to do something, then like you better have that same energy to go and tell the person that you're with, because like you said, like just not bringing it up is just like, yeah, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Um, we're about like two hours in, so we can end it on this last one if you if you guys are down or if you guys have more questions. But so you've dealt with like cheating um in like people that are married with kids. Oh yeah. Would you say that it's like a healthy thing for when that goes down for them to tell the kids why the divorce happened or why the split happened? Depends on how old the kids are. We we actually just had an argument on one of our last podcasts. Yeah, like, not an argument, but we had a conversation. It depends. Uh, how did it go? What happened? <laughs> well, me and him think that 
you shouldn't tell the kids because that would like hurt them or make them look at the cheater as why this family doesn't work anymore yeah, and make them have like hatred towards one parent potentially yes yeah and that is a problem where if we know one person did the cheating then a lot a lot of the resentment from the kids growing up will be aimed at that one parent it depends on how old they are if they're young kids and don't mention it so that everybody can still have that same connection. So but they if, can have their innocence still. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to you don't want to make it so that the kids become more focused on like a divorce is tough enough, mm-hmm. you know? Having to f- assign blame makes it so that it's almost like one parent is trying to get the kids to side with them yeah. over the other one. Mm-hmm. And that's destructive. You don't want that to happen. The if the kids are older, say if they're adults or whatever, you can Tell them the truth and then let them be the ones to make the relationship work with the parent Mm -hmm. because they've already established a long, caring relationship with them. So you guys can find the way to communicate through that. But if it's for young kids, yeah, no, they don't need to know all the dirty details because at the end, if you're if you're giving those kind of details, it makes it so like you're the clinical term is triangulating. You're making it so that it's two against one. So do you like uh, me and the kids versus the mom or the mom and the kids versus me? Do you think high school kids should know around that age or older? Because I think it should be older. It should be older, but it depends on how the high school kids are. If If the kid sees a lot of fighting and arguing, then it's important to communicate like, okay, like none of us are happy here and we're trying to find a way out of it and trying to make it so that all of us find a way to be happy. Yeah. And teenagers typically can understand that, but it's also like if one person is just straight up cheating and that's where the remo- that's where the relationship ends, then teenagers going to be having a lot of resentment if they know who like why it broke up, especially yeah. if there wasn't any known problems. If they like everything was masked really well and there weren't any issues and the kid didn't know something was going on. And then all of a sudden cheating happens and they leave. They're going to they're going to be really pissed off about that. But yeah. if things weren't stable to begin with. And they see that happiness is there when they're not together, then two parents being away from each other becomes a good thing. And they look at each like, okay, cool. You guys are encouraging each other's happiness. You guys aren't fighting with each other and forcing a bad relationship to stay together. Yeah. And it makes it so that a lot of times those kids have more of a sense of, I'm not going to settle my happiness because of somebody else. Yeah. So does it usually do more harm if the parents stay together for the kids? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, why? Yeah. I mean, it, and in the short term, like say if they're young kids, then it's good because you have that same connection. But if you're if you are staying together specifically for the kids, the kids are going to see all of it. They're going to absorb that negative energy and they are going to be resentful of both parents when they grow up, when they become adults, because they neither parent gave them a model of what happiness looked like. Mm-hmm. Damn. Like. Both of them, the, the parents gave the kids a model of what anger, frustration, sadness, all of that other shit, and very limited happiness. Yeah. And so they're going to carry that same sense of distrust with every relationship, and they're not going to have as strong of a sense of what makes them happy. Right. And I feel like then they'll just grow up, and then they'll be in similar situations or relationships that look like that and kind of misinterpret it as love since that's what they like grew up with. Yeah. So Bingo. I feel like it's just the example that is being set you know and then also like they're your parents so you just you're growing up looking at them for guidance so it's like if you see you know 
if there's like your mom's hitting your dad or your dad's hitting your mom, they're like, but we love each other and we're together for you guys. Then it's like your kid's going to grow up and think that that's normal as well. And kids pick up a lot more, you know, like you'll be arguing. You don't even think they're hearing you, but they're hearing everything. So it's like not only are you two suffering, but now like your child that literally plays no part in this situation that you're having with your spouse is now having to go through it too. And then it's even more confusing because they don't know. And then also like, do you think, let's just say like if you guys were like in high school or something and like your parents were arguing, like basically that same situation. Like if you like, let's just say like one of your parents cheated and like you seen like they're getting divorced and stuff, but they didn't tell you why. Do you think that you would feel kind of like upset because you're left in the dark without knowing the truth? Oh yeah. I would, I would. Yeah, I, I, I would, would probably want to know at least some details. Like in like high school, like yeah. if your parents, in like yeah. your dad, let's just say your dad cheated on your mom and they just didn't tell you yeah. just to like, you know, like wouldn't that kind of like. Yeah, but that's what I feel like honest. it depends on the age too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think it's definitely confused. on the age, especially with the maturity and like once you have like an idea of what like life, you know, you know, it's just, it's definitely yeah. the age because being then, too young, you don't understand in the first place. And also being kind of like high school, I feel like if you don't know, you also kind of feel like it's all your fault as well. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. 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 Because so it's just like, oh, well, they were arguing, but like maybe it was because of me or something. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe in the blank slate theory about how when kids growing up that they are um, like when kids are first born, they're basically like a blank slate and then their environment and who's around them f- kind of shapes them to who they are? Well, to yes. an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, a you know, a kid comes in, pure as anything they're going to absorb everything around their environment and respond to it Mm -hmm. so if a person if a kid grows up in a crazy environment then they're going to have to develop a crazy shield to protect themselves Mm -hmm. so uh now that uh, you know we also have to acknowledge the fact that some people have different brain chemistries Mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff like some people could you know like parents are fine totally normal but the kid will have like be born with schizophrenia Mm-hmm. you know so some that we we have to take in, in, into account like sometimes people are just born with different yeah. issues yeah. but for the most part kids in general absorb everything from their environment and they react and respond to it so if you're in an environment where there's a lot of toxicity a lot of abuse then you're gonna have to develop a shield to protect yourself from that kind of shit yeah, so with so that true. is is there like a way like Let's say I have kids to pass down some trauma that I've went through. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one of the most common things that I've noticed is, say, for example, in an abusive relationship where a husband is abusing the wife and they have a kid, the person who's being abused will then become abusive to the most vulnerable thing around them, and a lot of times it's the kid. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's so true. And they won't even know it. They're just it'll be totally unconscious. It's not like they want to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't, nobody wants to go in and like, you know what? I feel like beating the shit out of my kids today. Nobody yeah. goes in like that. It's just some people, you see it in animals too, where like, say it, like I, I, we were talking about dogs. I, if you have a dog and you're messing with it, playing with it and knowing that you're putting your power over it so that they, it's being vulnerable. At some point, the dog's going to run away and run to a toy, grab it in its mouth and start, and start mm-hmm. doing that because it's looking for whatever's the most vulnerable thing that's not going to react to it and taking out the same aggression that was placed against them 
out on someone else. Right. It yeah, happens. It's not just animal nature, it's human nature. Yeah, that's and so it, true. And you have to be like, it's really hard for the person who is being abused in a relationship to not turn around and be abusive to somebody else. Sorry, sorry about that. The cameras died again, but we're at like two hours and 15 minutes. Damn. We want to thank you guys for both coming on this podcast. I think it was super, super good. I think it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of people could learn from this one. I don't know. Sam squared. (laughs) Literally. Sam squared. If you guys like them together, let let us know in the comments. I think they're a really good duo. Yes. Thank you guys. And any other recommendations? All of their stuff will be in the description once again. And thank Thank you guys. Thank you guys for checking this out. I love it. Make sure you guys subscribe too. Yeah. yeah subscribe like comment do all that shit yeah. but thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening 200k by the end of the year by the way that's the goal and good night peace